Hey, welcome to another episode of Grace and Truth with Johnny Rollett. Grace and Truth comes from John 1.14, where it says Jesus was full of grace and truth. Join us today on this podcast as we dive into deep revelation and find ways to make it understandable cowboy style simple that's the way i like it and i hope you do do i'm grateful that you're here today and i i'm gonna tell you right now ahead of time i'm gonna talk about a very uncomfortable subject and it will either it will either be something that you go wow i never thought of it like that and i needed that change of thought I needed to change my channel on that because I was think I was I thought of it incorrectly because it's been taught incorrectly for thousands of years or you're gonna be mad at me and go nope you are wrong you are wrong here's the deal I'm okay with either and I, I just want to say up front anytime I'm doing a study I'm not a scholar I mean, obviously, nobody. There's probably nobody going. Oh, I thought you were. A sc- <laughs> there's, there's nobody really shocked by that. But why I say that is, you know, you should, you should always be not taking my word for it. You should always be learning and digging and doing your own research. It's good to have different opinions sometimes, and it's good to see it from different perspectives, but that is not the, the final edit is the Holy Spirit. That's the final word, is the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to say something. There's some people that believe the final word is the word, but I don't know if you, those kind of people scare me. And matter of fact, we're going to talk about something that, that something today that if if you are a person that takes the word and it to its furthest literal you know uh, writings, and you don't understand context, contextual time, context, place, context people context, understanding who is writing to whom, what their time, and you just take it literal, then today's message is going to really upset you. It's, this is about to be fun, and I hope that you guys are good with me today. Let's go. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that helps us to discern your word and gives us revelation from your word. And it gives us truth from your word. And the Holy Spirit, I just give you full access to minister to all of us your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're starting in verse, I'm actually going to start in 21. Here's what you got to understand is Paul's writing in Greek. Everything Paul writes is Greek. It's Greek to me, right? Um, so in what's weird about Greek, Greek writing, it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to understand this if you don't if you don't read Greek. I don't read Greek, 
um, I just I do what everybody else does. I look it up and check it out that in, through different apps that I have. Um, but there is there are no there's no punctuation in Greek. So if you see a period, we added that period to Paul's writings. If you see a comma, we added the comma to Paul's writings. If you see a paragraph, see. A paragraph in modern writing, in English writing, is means when you start a new paragraph, it's meaning you begin a new thought, right? It's a new thought. That's why you start a new paragraph. It's a new thought. Uh, Greek writing had no paragraphs. So it was up to the reader to try to interpret, you know, interpret or, you know, figure out where the new thoughts were. And sometimes we got it right, and sometimes we got it wrong. As a matter of fact, sometimes we have paragraph changes, and we have uh, new starts of new sections in the Bible, and sometimes we even have new chapters, like going from chapters 5 of Ephesians to chapter 6, that weren't there. We added those breaks. We added those paragraphs. And a perfect example is what I'm about to read. So most of your Bibles have a break, paragraph break, and a new subheading right over the verse 22 of chapter 5. And it says, marriage, Christ, and the church. And it starts off in verse 22 and it says this, right off the bat, wives, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. <coughs> um, here's the issue. There's, there's so many issues that we're going to get into. But uh, right off the bat, if you'll notice the before the break, the previous verse, verse 21, says submitting to one another. In the fear of God. So, Paul, I'm not saying that, what, here, here's the controversy. What we mean by wives submit to your husbands, and what Paul meant by wives submit to your husbands, may not have necessarily been the same thing. <coughs> because the actual Greek word there, submit, doesn't mean the same thing in English as it does in Greek. It doesn't meet, mean become subservient to. It doesn't mean become a slave to. It doesn't mean be controlled by. It literally means it's, it's a placement. It's, and, and I'm, I'll finish out the reading, but what, when I'm reading this to you, what I want you to see is Paul is trying to get us to understand our placement in Christ. And, and, and then seeing our placement in Christ and then how we have placement with each other. It, there's two thoughts I had. It's kind of like one would be um, a man holding up his, you know, carrying 
his family and the wife allowing and understanding her placement to allow her husband to be the protector and the carrier of her and her children. Another way to see it is more like a upside down pyramid where the husband is kind of got the the weight of the family not in a bad way but he's carrying he's got a placement for his it's more about the husband than it is to the wife and this is more of a note there are times and there have been times when when Christ when Paul is writing to you know uh there were issues with women speaking out of turn in some things and there were times where where women were uneducated and and, and needed to be educated and there th those were contextual times but that's not what he's talking about here what he's what the context of what he's talking about is in con context of our placement under Christ and how let me let me give you this example <clears throat> he wouldn't say wives submit to your husband and the very previous verse he said submit to one another those if if you take it as wives you better submit to your husbands then what do you do with the verse previous that said we need to submit to one another it, we're talking about not physical submission we're talking about spiritual placement submission we're talking about deciding that there is an order to the Father. And there is, and, and what Paul is really trying to teach us is how we can get in line and understand that our placement with one another is picturesque of our placement under Christ. It's not meant or designed to be a position of dominance I think most people know that to this day but you'd be surprised you'd be surprised well the Bible says that by God you're supposed to submit to me that's I I do a lot of weddings and I always take the ring and I say notice that this ring is a circle that this ring is and I talk about it's never-ending and all that kind of stuff but I say make sure that you understand that it's a sign of your love it is not a shackle. Here's a great example. The same kind of verbiage is used in chapter 6 about a people group submitting to another people group. But it's not about husbands and wives. It's about slaves. But because we sometimes forget context and forget that the way the world was back then, nobody I know is going and and going to Ephesians chapter six and and preaching Ephesians chapter six about why we should all be okay with slavery. How come how come we are so easily understand the context of that and that was for that time? But then we come to this part of scripture and we're in essence trying to put women under slavery to men.
and we're, we can see that that was context back then. But, you know, it literally says the Greek word for bondservant, the Greek word is slave. And it literally is Paul is saying, hey, slaves, submit to your masters. Let me just tell you, there were people in the 1800s during a war called the Civil War that were using that scripture to, to somehow make it okay for them to own slaves. Come on. And now we all can see that that was context. He, there was Slavery was a thing back then. And it wasn't black and white. It was white on white. It was, I mean, Joseph was, uh, you know, a slave. You know, it, it, it wasn't about color. It was about different levels of, of, of it, it was just, it was, a, it was bad. And obviously, that wasn't God's will, but that's where the people were. And for us to be taking something out of context like slavery and, and trying to read into that and say, oh, it's okay. to We all know that that was context, contextual, and we don't use that context anymore. But then we're still coming back to here and we're reading this context as that we wives submit to your husbands. Come on. Let me actually read to you the rest of the story of what Paul is actually talking about. Now that I've thoroughly upset some of you. <laughs> I don't know. But here we go. It says this. Let's just continue. Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. We're talking about spiritual placement. As also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. The body. Come on. He's the savior of the body. Now, I don't have time to take you here. But in Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 2. Matter of fact, I'll take you to Ephesians 2. It says uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, it says this, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit down together, come on, in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves of this gift of God. We are his workmanship. It says, um, which he, let's go back to verse, uh, chapter 1. Uh, in verse, I think it's in verse 20. It says, which he worked in Christ when, we, when he raised him, God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in, in, in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head, the head, 
gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in all. And you he made alive, who were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in his sons of disobedience, among whom also we all were conducting ourselves in the lust of the flesh and following our desires in the flesh. By the And then it moves over, but God, who is rich in his mercy, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive now together. So in essence... I want to be able to find that exact scripture, but I'm kind of out of time. But what he's saying is, he's the head, we're the body, and the body joined the head, and we co we were co-seated at the right hand of the Father. We were co-seated at the right hand of the Father. So why is this important? It's a picture of what our marriage should be. Christ is the head. We, the, the body, have been brought up to connect to the head. And then the body and the head, the head and the body together sit down at a place of rest and sit down at a place of authority. So it's in the connection and the sitting in the place of peace and a place of rest. It's sitting down in Christ, connected to Christ, at the right hand of the Father in authority. So that process of being connected and then sitting is the process that gives us peace and gives us power and gives us rest and gives us authority but if you are disconnected from the head then there's a lack of peace and there's a lack of power and there's a lack of authority and there's a lack of rest well that same picture Paul is painting about marriage that there's a joining together of the head and the body and sitting down in Christ and that sitting down together, not domineering, not one is better than, sitting down together brings power, brings peace, brings rest, and brings authority. So let me get back to the actual scripture and finish it off today so that we can all understand. I know this is a very heady subject to some degree and it's very controversial but I think it just helps us to really it's not just I'm not just here today to defy obstinate men and and you know we all grew up under that a little bit um, I'm, that's not what my point is only my point really is in a greater sense is that I want I want us to see the beauty of the power of what Paul's actually saying and how beneficial it really is to us. So let's watch. Let's just read this.
Let's start all over from verse 22. I'm just going to read all the way down. Well, I'm going to start in verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that he should be holy and without blemish so husbands ought to love their own wives as their bodies as their own bodies he who loves his wife also loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are his members of his body. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh say it one flesh this is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband she respects her husband after he has loved her the way Christ loved her, which is how he died for her. He, Christ died for the church, the body. So a wife's respect comes to her husband when he has learned to die. to himself and make her okay let me ask you this we're talking about spiritual authority we're talking about spiritual head so it obviously Jesus is the head do you see Jesus dominating us if you do you have a really skewed picture of who Jesus is do you see Jesus abusing us no do you see Christ using his place to <clears throat> beat us into submission is there is there correction in love yeah is there 
is there, you, there, I, all I want you to do is I want you to, every time you're in a situation, I, I want you to think of Christ, if, if we are as men supposed to be as Christ is over the body, how would Christ treat this situation? How Christ so loved the body, the church, that he gave his life for her. And that is a direct picture of how we should live and cover our wives. And that joining together and submitting to one another, submitting to the process of really the two of us joining together and then joining the head which is Christ and then sitting down in His righteousness, sitting down in His peace, sitting down in His rest, that brings authority. There's a whole part of Scripture, and I don't have time to get into it. I need to close. But there's a whole part of Scripture that says, where one can send a thousand to flight, two can send ten thousand to flight. It literally, it literally ten times, tenfold times your your power when the two of you actually come together as one. There's so much more benefit to not using your placement, your spiritual placement, as dominance over your wife, but rather joining together coming together submitting to one another yes there is a submission of spiritual submission of the of the wife coming together and saying I honor your placement you honor my placement and together we're seated with Christ in his submission in his placement and he's the head over both of us and now, because of that, we have ultimate authority, we have ultimate power, we have ultimate peace, we have ultimate joy, we have ultimate rest in Him. It's just something, and that I love that at the end, Paul goes, but still, but still, this is a great mystery. <laughs> it's hard to get your head around. And then at the very end, it's a perspective of that's, men, if you want to get the respect of your husbands, I mean of your wives, sorry, that's a whole different message. <laughs> men, if you want to get the respect of your wives, die for her, cover her, love her, bring peace to her, bring joy to her, <clears throat> live for her and die for her. I just want everybody to know that's watching this video that I needed this message today and that it's something that I want to do better in my marriage. And I want anybody who's watching this to understand that because of bad teaching and bad theology and bad understanding on my part. This right here is part of why my first marriage failed. Because I didn't see myself 
in that role. I saw myself as the head of the family. And by God, you're going to listen and you're going to obey. It's disgusting. And it's poor, poor interpretation of the Bible. And I hope that somebody today hears this message and finds freedom in what, this, what Paul was actually trying to say. Paul's trying to get us to understand that to love your wife the way that Christ loved us. And it doesn't get any more beautiful and more powerful and more simple than that.